We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Scott, so there was a quote after, I think it was Friday night's game. I think Tyone said it. It's like it's kind of a somber mood in the clubhouse, obviously referring to the King injury, even though the Yankees won. I kind of feel like that's the the vibe around the team right now. They did win that Baltimore series. They got swept in that doubleheader in Houston. King's injury is, I think, a huge loss for this team. It's kind of a somber mood right now. It's a somber mood because of the King injury. That's, I mean, that's that's the reason. Because when you, I understand that uh, we got swept by Houston. That's that series, quote unquote, that doubleheader that day after the. It's, it was just such a bullshit little squat that they put on the on the. So then how do you not split? You should split. They should have split. They should have split. It's There's made no to be it. split. But the but the thing is, uh, you know, his quote, one thousand percent is Michael King. Like you move past that Houston, it, it was it was frustrating um, that they couldn't take advantage of some opportunities that they had. But um, they did take care of business with Baltimore, who is not the Baltimore Orioles of old. These these uh, these kids are out here playing hard and talented. By the way, they're not just a, a bunch of young scrubs either. They're they've got they've got some skill. That the the catcher, the Rushman kid, is is good. And he's going to be a pain in the ass for a long time. Um, he's he's only going to get better as he's getting comfortable. And he actually got his his uh, 
his legs under him pretty quickly so far and is starting to hit. So the team's good. They have some good pitching. The bullpen is pretty, pretty decent. I was impressed. Um, so yeah. I can't make my bold prediction anymore. And that's sad. That's sad to me. That's why I'm somber. I'm somber yeah. because I can't make my bold prediction of, of uh, 16 and one against the Orioles anymore. Maybe you just move it to the Red Sox because they're just a dumpster fire. <laughs> That's possible. That's possible. Just move it over. Just move it a little north. So let's start with the King injury. And we'll, we'll, we'll work our way backwards, I guess, to, to the Houston debacle. Obviously, you feel terrible for King because he's having such a good season. And this is his breakout year. And he had a legitimate case to, to be an all-star. And then first, you know, second outing of the second half. And he quote, the elbow popped. I, Scott, now I just see you're drinking red wine and it's just, it's just the for a loop. Anyway, um, that's what the, the trainer said when Boone came out. I think he said elbow popped. I don't know how yeah. you fra- fracture an elbow, throw in a pitch. But you throw really th- hard. That's, that's not good. <laughs> that's not good. And extra is terrible because he was such a huge piece to this team and to this bullpen. And it's going to be a lot to replace what he's given them. Yeah. No, it's uh, the pop is bad. Whenever you hear a pop, whenever anybody says anything about a pop, you just, you know, that's not good. And then when you start thinking about that in the context of a pitcher and, and throwing a baseball as hard as they do, and he's got a lot of torque in that arm. The ball doesn't move by accident. The, you know, the way it does, he, he does that with his body and his hands. And it's uh it's, it's a violent move. So that's unfortunate. It really is. It's it's a it's a it's a really shitty injury for a guy that was was absolutely um, had had found his spot. It was really coming into his own, um, and and frankly was just a weapon for this team and was going to be a big piece of the bullpen going down the stretch and, and into this playoff run. So, you know, they got to replace that, and I don't know how they replace that right now. They don't do it internally. They 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 need to go out and and make you know I think multiple moves now in the in the bullpen. So I think that they that Cashman really does have to be. We 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 said before that he's got to be aggressive. My God, just empty the tank, man. Empty the tank because that's what it's going to take right now. And and if you can if you can empty the tank with some controllable assets for the next two years or so, I say do it. I say do it because they they need it right now. And even though we have some of these injuries, they can still they can still retool and be you know just as uh, just as dangerous if they if if they re- retool correctly. Again, I go back to a month ago or whenever we recorded our trade deadline episode and GM episode, we were, we were just like, you know, this is a World Series caliber team. You've got to fill in a couple gaps. You've got to add some depth in, in key areas and, and get better where you can. Now, now it's you're 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 like the uh, the you're the, replacing guys is what you're doing. You're replacing guys. You're trying to you're trying to fill cracks in, in a sinking in a sinking canoe We're trying to think of the what's the the flex seal guy you slap slap slap, slap yeah. some flex seal on those Whap. holes yeah because hot temperatures it, but but between injuries and underperformances and and the starting rotation not being nearly as as strong as it was in the first in the first two two and a half months there's real concerns and if you don't make major moves it's not just oh well it, now it, if you don't make those major moves there's serious questions about can this team actually sustain and and win because there's a lot of holes i mean uh, let's let's all take a step back and relax a little bit i don't think there's a lot of holes i do I think in the that, pitching staff i think the pitching staff has a lot of holes 
I think the pitching staff has, we all, we're, we're all, I think I'm, I'm holding my breath for Severino right now. If that is something that's relatively minor and he can come back and, and, and be at strength and that's kind of like dodged a bullet, that, that's a, that's a big deal. If they don't have Severino uh, and they have to acquire, then yeah, there, there are certainly a lot of holes in that, in the pitching staff, I think. But in the bullpen, they do have guys that are coming back. They have, um, Marnaccio just came back from his dead arm. Marnaccio is, just came back. Good. Herman's obviously back. Right now he's in the rotation. Was not good, but is in the rotation. Could eventually, if depending on what happens and what Cashman does, has the ability to go into the bullpen if needed. So they, they have... Uh, Clark Schmidt pitched today, pitched pitch as well. So I think they, they do have enough uh, bullets. I still think you need to add somebody, but I think it's clear as day now that you have to go after a starting pitcher. Severino or no Severino, because to me, the uh, Domingo Herman is much more valuable as a as an option for either he's a swing guy if if they have him going well as a swing guy to me that's a more of a value you're not going to get seven innings out of domingo herman on a consistent basis he's just not that guy so i hope that uh that they recognize that and they and they they're i think they are going to have to be aggressive in the in the free agent or i'm sorry in the uh trade market for a starting pitcher and i'm i'm looking at one that's controlled because that's cashman's that's cashman's mo he's looking at controllable assets a year or two years and and he will give up anybody. I think if you can get if he can get two years of control for somebody, he will give up a lot of pieces for that. Yeah, we were on Hug Watch this afternoon when the tweets were going around that Sweeney and Dominguez were both pulled from from their games, their minor league game, and, and everyone's like, "Oh, when that happens, there's usually a trade that's announced a couple hours later. Nothing's been announced yet. It's it's almost eight o'clock on Sunday night. No, nothing's been announced, but." That's what we're looking for, right? Is it's very high end prospects getting moved for for pieces that can help you right now. Yeah, and I think that you know it doesn't necessarily have to be those. I mean, they can add some stability. I don't think they have to go after the dominant dominant guys. Like if they don't get Luis Castillo, if they have other available options and that do not take, um, you know, the likes of, of Volpe and Dominguez, then. They're still in that market too. I don't, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't deem it as as a failure if they don't, you know, go after and and obtain a Castillo or 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 a, it has to be like a top flight guide. I, I think that they can, you know, find some other uh, some other option, options that will that will be good that probably don't take a, a Jason Dominguez or a, a Volpe because they're gonna need they're gonna need them for. Um, I I just don't think I don't know if Luis Castillo is worth them to be honest in the in the short term, and I don't know if the Yankees do either. It's difficult, right? Like anytime, whenever Cashman trades a prospect, it means for one reason or the, or the other, he doesn't like that prospect anymore. <laughs> it's like, I know that sounds simplistic to say, but he falls out of love with prospects seemingly. And then he's willing to trade them and will trade them almost. He, he's, he's likely to trade them whenever he is no longer in love with them. So maybe Dominguez has been that. I know w- when the Yankees signed him, he was, he was, High, highest on everyone's boards and, and he's fallen over the last couple of years. Now he's still like only, what is he, 19 years old? It's like eight, 20 years old. Like he's still super young. So we could have this conversation a year from now when he's back in the top 10 in Major League Baseball, but he's yeah. not that currently. Well, he's not that because he's actually facing competition now. Everything was all just, uh, you know, w- the fuzzy the, uh, Instagram videos. That's, that's well, what it yeah, was. The, and, and, and what scouting reports have, have come up. Now he's been facing competition and he's got to get his you know, he's got to get his legs under him and he's, he's definitely been hitting better, um, as, as the season goes on, but I'm not judging him right now. You look at raw, raw, raw tangibles that you look at the tangibles for a guy 
uh, intangibles for the guy, tangibles, intangibles for a guy uh, at this point. And then you look at development and he's got it all still. He's still that guy, hit a home run in the futures game. Like you see the, you see the ability there, no doubt about it. So I, I don't you're think kind of talking on both sides of your mouth though. though, because on the one hand, you're like trade, trade pieces away to help you win now because this is the team that you have to win with. And on the other hand, you're trying to hold on to, to prospects. Now, maybe you don't like, again, we're making up deals, right? Like, it depends on the, the deal. That's that's more, more my point. Like, I'm fine giving up anybody, honestly, if, okay. the, if the deal is He's right. He's not off the table for you. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I really, no, he's not at all. <laughs> I think it's got to be for the the guy. It's got to be the right move. It's it's just got to be the right move. And and again, the, and you don't the think control. someone like Luis Castillo, who has an, another year of control, he's got slots. one more year. That's the only okay. reason. But but yeah. he he has one more year, and right now he really solidifies your starting rotation behind Garrett Cole. He he's he a one A. Yeah, he, his his career has been uh you know up and down. He's gotten some up and down. He's not he's not the lock that. Who is that? I think everybody talks about him as who is. No, I get that, but but he's also, you know, he's one of these guys who who's run into control issues in the past, and, and it's seemingly like he he's controlled it a lot better, and he he's seemingly over those control issues. But whenever I see that, it, it gives me some worry in the back of my brain. Yeah. So the King thing obviously was, I, dude. I watched that video like seven times. It just I don't know. I was I was kind of like a glutton for punishment. Just yeah. just just watching it like i felt so bad for him obviously i have uh more of a rooting interest in king than i think most people do but but just you know feel really bad for him and then my mind goes to well how are they going to replace what he's given them in the bullpen and i and i don't think there's anyone on the current roster that you can replace him with obviously there's guys who have had good seasons in that bullpen but, but like Aralds chapman's not filling that role uh loisica is not filling that role and so now you you've got to go. If Loisega figures out his figures out his damn mechanics, he he absolutely could be that guy. But he no, could he, be n- nothing could we've be. seen. Nothing we've seen so far. He needs to he needs to find the the Quan. He needs to find his he needs to find his spot so that so that he can uh, so that he can continue to repeat it. But yeah, he's baffling to me right now. So I'm I'm hopeful that it's it's uh you know injuries and and whatever was leading into the injury, if it was just fatigue or if it was uh you know the, the injury climbing up to him that that made him lose his mechanics because he hasn't been like this in a long time. We we we've seen a, a much different player in the past couple of years. And if he can find that back, and I do believe it's it's 100 percent mechanical right now, if he can find that back, um then then he's a, a guy certainly that could be, you know, coming in at a high level, no doubt about of it. Course. I have the my point is I don't have confidence he's going to right this very out. second no. Right. And and Chapman, we we had Logan look up some numbers on Chapman because he had another bad outing, two wild pitches, gave up the home run. And uh, so let me just quickly run through some of this. The the fastball usage is at a career low. It's at 54%. Last year it was at 56.6%. And it's, you know, I think it's gone down year over year, which isn't super surprising, but it's at an all-time low. His spin rates seem in line with what his uh, his career levels are. His whiff percentage on his slider is down, down from 43% last year to 31.6% this year. He's giving up more barrels per plate appearance this year. Um, his average fastball velocity is down a hair. It's at 97.5 miles an hour. Last year was 98.3. The year before that was 98. Um, I 
the the one thing that jumped out to me, he's getting swings on only 20 or not only, but 23.7% of first pitches, which is down 9.1% from last year. And so I was trying to think, okay, what does that mean? And as a hitter approaching Aroldis Chapman, that to me might mean I the hitter no longer feels he needs to jump on him early and attack that first fastball in the zone. He's going to sit back and let Chapman mis- make a mistake in the middle of the plate, which he's done a lot, or be wild and walk him. And, and that's maybe why they're, you're, we're seeing hitters be a little bit more patient with Chapman. Well, both of those things that you just said are results of not being able to command your fastball. So sure. if a batter is walking into the box and he's like, okay, I need to, um, my game plan against Chapman is, up. after what I've seen this year, I'm making him come to me. I'm not going to him. So I don't need to be aggressive against him. If I'm if I'm sitting on that first pitch, then I'm down on the count. Uh if I if I swing and miss or if I if I guess wrong, and then and then now Araldis Chapman, who's had control issues all year long, is is more in the driver's seat. I I will let him throw the throw the ball to me. I will take a pitch and and absolutely um in for most for like most cases, work ahead. If you're working ahead with Araldis Chapman, you're in you're in a much different position. Um, plus, I just don't think his fastball is playing as as well as it has in the past. Like things that we've talked about, it's just he's not that different anymore. He's he's not that different. And and y- when you can't locate, um, then it's a it's a significant problem. So he's got to be ahead. He's got to get back. If you start to see him pepper the zone and throw that first pitch for a strike, that first pitch fastball for a strike, you will obviously see that number go up because guys are going to try to attack it. If you're down 0-1, down 0-2 in a count against Ross Chapman, totally different at bat. You get that, you get that that 1-0 count. Now you're sitting whatever you want because you can you can you have the, the ability his sliders, to, to not risk it. His slider is just flat out not as good as it was in previous years. His expected batting average on his slider is 321. It's it's way up from previous years. No, and because part of, of that goes back issues. to the fastball. Part of that goes back it to the fastball, does. right? Everything goes back everything, to controlling the fastball. That's where everything he, that, plays that's off his, the fastball. His 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 bread and butter, his entire career is working off of his fastball. He's been effectively wild for a lot of his career. Now he's ineffectively wild because he can't throw it over when he wants <laughs> to. He's just wild. So I Cam may have been on the broadcast with Ruko today. We're talking about how the mental aspect and how they still think it's mental. Boone still is talking about mental, mental. We got to get Chapman mentally right. But to to me, I'm with you. It's it maybe it is part mental. Or no, the game is 90% mental and the other half physical to, to borrow the yogiism. But physically, Chapman on the mound is not right. Okay. So it's not Why just mental. Why do you mental. say physically he's not mental? He's not right. I mean, mechanically, is that what you mechanically, mean? Mechanically, like, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like the like he's healthy. So would you put mechanics in the mental arena or would you put it in the physical arena? I put it in the physical arena. I put it in, in in a in a different place. Mechanical is okay. a lot of it could be mental because you're not you're not re- the mechanics are are meant to be repeated time and time. They live again. in the middle. They live yeah, in they, the middle. They somewhere. do live in the middle. You you your your mind and your body have to match up to get the mechanics correct, and then they have to do that over and over again to be repeatable. And these guys are that's that's what makes them so so powerful. That's why pitching ninja has a job because these guys repeat their mechanics so damn precisely and they throw different pitches and the ball just moves at the end of the you know when it goes over the plate nothing else looks different besides the ball either you know running in on someone or dropping away off the face of a a planet these guys it's very difficult to do that and he's he's got a longer delivery 
So when when he's not right, when he's not it's like a lot hitting, of coil. Yeah, but when he and and it's a lot of move. There's just a lot of movement. So when he's not right in that in the um, in his mechanics, then there's not a lot of room for error with him, and that's and that's a problem. So yeah, if he's physically not able to do that, and maybe that's maybe that's his body's not getting, maybe his legs aren't underneath him as as they need to be, so that he can be strong enough to repeat those mechanics over and over again. You know, uh, reps just again just like that's the reason spring training exists. So these guys get their reps to to feel more comfortable and and be able to be more uh, repeatable in their in their motions. So I don't know. Time will tell with him, but I, I'm not buying the fact that the seventh eighth inning bullshit is like the reason why he can't do it. Because if that's the case, then we got a bigger problem, you know, with yeah. this guy. So I, I I'm hoping it's just like he needs to get the reps to swing get the swing, and he just hasn't felt it yet. And and at some point it's just going to click, and then all of a sudden, Earl Chapman's going to be back with the you know 99 mile an hour first pitch fastball on the black, and then that's going to be a real problem for people. But until then, we're going to see this. And I guess until then, we're just going to have heart attacks sixth and seventh innings. Are you having a heart because attacks you have anymore? No choice. Or you're just you assuming no choice. it's going to happen badly at this point. <laughs> but you have you have no choice because the 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 five games in four days out of the All Star break. Honestly, couldn't have come at a worse time with how the, how thin this bullpen is, and and that's a reason why they had to leave Cole out there in into the seventh inning over 110 pitches on set in in the one million degree heat. Okay, it was like the air this weekend. I, I was thick. It was yeah. it was you walked outside and it was like walking through like jelly. That's how that's how thick the freaking air was. And and Cole's talking about how he couldn't get catch his breath. Okay, and. And he was just waiting for something to happen, to be honest. Like when, when he was out there, 112 pitches, I'm it's not even, I'm not even looking, I'm not even like gonna be a negative, uh, negative guy against Cole at that point. I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop because it right. looked like he was laboring. It, well, how could you not? Like you at could, a certain you could point, visibly like, see that he was laboring. Right. Like at a certain point, the body can only do so much. But at the same time, he was the only choice at that point. And what frustrates me uh is that. You know, I keep wanting him to be that guy, right? That would have been a nice, a nice moment, a nice story. Is that the Yankees had no choice because of the bullpen was so thin? It's a hundred degrees. Cole's just going out there and he's going to nut up and he's going to get through it. And unfortunately, that's not how it worked out. And I feel like with him, it usually doesn't work out in those kinds of situations. Why is David Robertson not on this team yet? <laughs> the Cubs are probably asking for the they just, Cubs are who, probably what, another for another born. They're asking for another low A prospect. Like just give them what they want and get David Robertson on the team, please. Just hurry up and get this over with. It's gonna happen. So just make it happen. Hurry up. Look, just if it's gonna happen in two weeks, it's gonna piss me off because you could have yeah. could have been two you weeks. Need before that. You need <laughs> yeah. the bullpen help now. You need the bullpen help now. Seriously. It's it's like you, you have to I don't you know, quote overpay. You've you've gotta just pull the band-aid right now. An overpayment for David Robertson right now is, uh, I ha- and I, I'm going to be very honest, I have not watched the Cubs or paid attention. I hope he's healthy <laughs> right? In, in, in what I'm talking about here. But um, yes, I'm getting the healthy. nod from Logan. He's healthy. Great. So, yeah. I mean, again, like the overpayment for a David Robertson at this point, who gives a shit? It's not <laughs> an overpayment that's going to matter at all, ever. Yeah. yeah it, it, but that's the thing. You but he will it, make me you, feel so much better having him here. Because he's still a highly effective reliever, highly effective. I, don't, don't let's not even talk about his age. It doesn't matter. He's a highly effective reliever right now. The, the 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 body of work is is happening. You don't have the luxury of waiting another two weeks or. Uh, I mean, they do. They have many. a twelve game lead. 
okay, fine, but you don't have a 12 game lead over the Astros. No, that's true. But I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're playing for home field advantage or, you you know, no, I don't. You're fine about the home field advantage. You're fine if you have to play an ALCS game seven in Houston. Yeah, I am. Really? Yeah, I am. (laughs) Okay. Why? What has made you? Because I don't think it matters between those teams where they're playing. I really don't. I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a significant advantage either way. I really don't. I think both teams, like when they show up, it's just like, they could be playing on the moon. It doesn't matter. You know, everything is between the lines right there. Like I understand the ballpark dimensions play into what you're doing a little bit, but um, I I just, I don't think it's that significant of a, of a, of a, of a piece when you talk about those two teams. I mean, there's, there's such high intensity at those. And I, you know, I think these guys at that point are just like, they're, they're so in their own heads in, in between the lines that they're not really affected by much uh, of the, of the atmosphere, to be honest. They played two close games, obviously. The Yankees came back in the first one and then couldn't hang on. They walked off on King. And then in the second one, they almost came back. They got judged the home run over the train tracks and then Carpenter's up, hits into the double play to to end the game. So, yeah, those games were close. I mean, one extra hit and and it's a different story, but... I don't feel good about playing the Astros no matter where. I'm just saying, like, move, move, Yankee Stadium, Houston, uh, Minute Maid, or or the moon, I don't feel good about playing the Astros because for whatever right. reason, it's just like... Well, that's a different story. That That's a different story. The, but, the like, the, the location, to me, I, I understand. We want that game at Yankee Stadium. Don't get me wrong. Like, of course, I want that game at Yankee Stadium. But they're, they're not certainly not making much... I, I don't think they're looking at that right now in July. And, and I would be very surprised at the end, even in September, they're they're making like significant runs just to that. They haven't done it before. This has been yeah. a situation in the past where they're either playing for health, playing to get just to, to be in the playoffs, playing for home. It doesn't matter. They don't do it. They just, they let the cards fall where they may. And then, and then they go in. So, um, you know, that's, that's to me, the, the bigger thing. I, I really don't think that's going to come down to uh, a make or break. Let me ask you a question. If you, if we get down to like the last day game or you know towards the end of the season where it's mattering, and uh, you know there's a decision that has to be made of pitching somebody to uh, to to win that home field or we're saving them for the playoff game, what are they going to do? Well, are they going to line the, it up for the, the playoff tough, game? Well, here's the tough thing though, because it's not you're not playing a playoff game. You if you're not the number one seed, you're going to be the number two seed. So no matter what, you've got time. So why not play for the home field? Because you've got you've got the luxury of having a first round bye as a top two seed. So so why not try and get the first seed? It's not like oh, if we pitch this guy today, he can't pitch in two days in our playoff game. Okay, that's but that's going to happen in the last two weeks of the season. That's not going to happen right now. It's I don't think it's anywhere. Well, any, the last week of the mind. Yankee season is going to be super weird because they've got that awful doubleheader on I think it's the second to last day of the season in in Texas it, at, at the Rangers because of the lockout reschedule. It's just a clusterfuck. Yeah, they play they play a, a doubleheader the second game of the, the I believe it's the second Logan, can you quickly check? It's like what the final weekend is or something like what that. Are they doing? Yeah, so the the normal like last weekend would have been at Baltimore uh, at home against Baltimore and then they go on the road uh it was a four game series of Texas so Monday 7 o'clock. Tuesday doubleheader, Wednesday four oh five. Sucks. That sucks. That just sucks. If you're playing for anything, that sucks. Need those forty man rosters, hopefully, but they're gone, so they're all gonna have to play too. That's an awful way to end the season. Yeah. 
I mean, the season, the the uh, schedule making person needs to needs to uh, go away. So I want to play. I want to play the quote from Boone after they got swept in the doubleheader. Logan, if you could tee that up. Given the history that you have against the Astros, mm-hmm. you know they've won five of seven. Yeah, the two wins you had are walk-off wins. They they've been in control of most of these games. How do you get past that part and, and you know change the narrative here? Like it's not, the narrative's not going to change, Dan, until you beat them in the playoffs if, if that day comes. I mean, we beat them four out of six last year, and they didn't hold leads. Where'd that get us? It, I understand it's a big story. I understand the season we're in. It, it, it's not going to matter unless October. So we're going if we, to, if we happen to come back here in October, we're going to show up. We're going to expect to win. We think we're really good. They're really good. Don't overstate this. By golly, he finally fucking gets it. He finally gets it. Because any other version of Aaron Boone up until this point sits there and spews some horse crap and tries to sugarcoat it and tries to tell you why it doesn't matter in some other way. No, he finally understands it and he finally says it. None of this freaking matters against the Astros unless we play them and beat them in October. Otherwise, who cares? Thank you. Finally, I've been hoping and praying you would say that for three goddamn years. He finally gets it. There's nothing wrong in anything he said. It's all accurate. It's all absolutely 100% accurate. They have to beat them in the playoffs. Yes, you want, but it kind of it goes against what we've been just talking about a little bit. They're not setting themselves up again. Even the one-on-one matchups, like again, doesn't really matter as much whether it's in Houston, whether it's in the Bronx. Obviously, both fan bases want those games, the home field advantage in their own place. No doubt about it. You give me an option, of course, of that's what I want. But I just don't think it matters that much to the players. And when you get down to the to the the nitty gritty, and you you talk about the the tension, which you could cut with a freaking, um, it's thick. <laughs> <laughs> you need a knife to cut it. Air in Baltimore. You need a knife to cut it. And it doesn't matter where it is. This these teams don't like each other. The Astros believe that they own the Yankees. They truly believe that. They believe that they do. And you know what? They probably have every right to think that right now. And not to mention the whole the whole scandal thing. They they feel I I guarantee you, Alex Bregman in his own mind thinks that that he's rent free in in uh in New York. You know, he's he's got the <laughs> If anybody's if anybody's got cheap rent in New York City, it's Alex Bregman, and that's you what know, people think. That's what they think. You know what I wish I brought up. And that's up. all they need to hold on. That's all they need to do. They just need to think it. They just need to think it because then they use it. We talked about what, what do we just say? Things. Yeah, yeah, from the Jeter episode. Yeah, yeah. You man, you just, manufacture. If hatred, you think it, and that's what the Astros a, have done. It's a fact. So I I wish I brought this up with Bleacher Blums, uh, Jeff and and David. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that episode, you know we said we were going to preview that doubleheader. We barely touched on it. It was a lot of other stuff that we talked about. So I definitely recommend you go listen to it. It, it was out last week. Even we I, realized that that didn't matter. <laughs> so we what? didn't talk about yeah, the actual yeah, yeah. matchup. We just talked about the, I the, wish, the air, what was in the air. So you brought up the fact that they are arrogant and, and don't, you know, basically smug acting was like- Smug was the word I used. Yeah, they were smug. And I think part of that stems from 
they think everyone else was doing something as well. And they've con- convinced themselves that the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers, every other team that they played and beat in that run was doing something, maybe not exactly the same, but equally as bad. And I think that is part of the reason why they can act so smug. And that's the manufactured hate that they have. And it's like, why is everyone hating on us when they were doing the same thing sort of thing? I wish I had brought that up because I do feel like that is that is a, uh, plays a role in all of this. It's not so much like, uh, I think it's it's more of of everybody, okay, you know what? You hate us, go ahead. We're, we're the ones that got caught. We're the ones that everybody looks at, but everybody was doing it. And you know what? We're just going to beat everybody's ass now because when we when we know, when everybody knows that, um, you know, it's, it's kosher at this point. So it doesn't matter. So that's their, I think their motivation right now is to do everything beyond that so that that gets dumbed down. That, that to me, would be the biggest motive. If I'm Alex Bregman, anybody on that 17 team, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying my, I mean, absolute, that, that my, I'm trying to win the, the next one is the most important one because if you can win one in the net, in the, in five years after it, six years after it, whatever, then you look back and be like, see, didn't matter. Right. Yeah. They've got there. They haven't won it obviously. So but that's what they're going for. You know, damn sure. well, because if they get that, then, then they can actually say that or they, and that, that could be a narrative Justifies and it. they will, they will, yeah, oh, they will spew it. They will point backwards and say, see, it didn't matter. The, uh, the, the, the Yankees were, have been dominated by the Astros this season. There was not a single pitch thrown in the seven games where the Yankees had the lead. Obviously, they won two of the games, but they were, all, they were both on walk-offs. So there were no pitches thrown in the game where the Yankees had the lead. It was either tied or they were playing from behind. The Astros absolutely dominated them. And then in that quote you just heard, Boone said, well, we dominated them last year. Where did that get us? Nowhere. So this isn't going to get the Astros anywhere unless they, you know, take it and, and, and beat the Yankees in the playoffs, just like the Yankees are going to try and beat the Astros in the playoffs. However, back to your point about, oh, I don't care where this game is played. You know, we're not going to be playing for home field advantage because I'll play them on the moon. I'll play them at Minute Maid Park. I think the Astros own the Yankees. And you need absolutely every advantage you can possibly get if you are going to play them in the playoffs. And I think you are going to play them in the playoffs because you and them are clearly the two best teams in the American League. I just don't think it's an advantage. That's my point. I think that they walk into that building too and they're like, they, they love the hate. Like they love the hate. There are, there are athletes that would rather play in enemy territory because it fuels them and gets them and keeps them sharp. Uh, that those people absolutely exist. And, and when you have that adversity, it almost gives you that F you, that chip on the shoulder, like in the moment. And I think those guys, they don't care. I just don't think it matters. I mean, you look what happens in, you know, DJ LeMay, he was hitting, hitting home runs late in the game. The Yankees should have taken care of business, except it didn't happen because someone else did. But I'm saying it didn't matter. The pressure wasn't there. The park didn't affect anything. It still happened, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I feel like looking back at like, especially 17, if you remember in the playoffs, the Astros had no chance at Yankee Stadium, right? Yeah. Like they just, they were completely overmatched. I mean, I know 19 was a little bit different and they stole, the Yankees stole a game in Houston. But even if you take out, not even take out that series, but if you just look at all the games that they've played even in the regular season, they, the Astros are not as good when, at, when they're in Yankee Stadium. I mean, I couldn't think of, you know, I mean, in 2018, I think the Yankees took two out of three. I know la- last year they took two out of three. and But then again, they almost swept them in Houston last year. So I guess it doesn't really matter. I just, 
I don't know. I think that the, I do think, I don't think they care about it. And I don't think they would gun for it. But also, I think that the Yankees love, especially in the playoffs, to play in their own building. And they, you know. Absolutely. My, I think the, my point is that they don't care enough to do something about it. If it, if it's a, if it's a decision one way or the other, they're going to let, they're going to let the play on the field dictate what happens. But you're they're right. not going to go I know you're way. right. I know you're yeah. right. I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing with what I'm not arguing with you about if you're right or wrong. I'm just saying if maybe they should care more. That, that that's really my point is maybe they should care more. And and maybe if you like we've said play with urgency through the season, then that'll just carry through into the, to October. And, and I mean, we we need to we need to also just make sure we're taking a step back here and not overreacting to certain things. They have been playing with urgency this whole year. They've done. They've made a point to talk about that. The fact that, I mean, there's been a mentality right. inside that clubhouse. We're playing with urgency every game. It matters. I mean, you look at you look at the reaction of that double play that Cole, what was that, the seventh inning um, when they when it turned? I mean, it was a fantastic, it was an unbelievable, uh, it wasn't a double play, I'm sorry. It was the IKF play where LeMay, who picked it. It was two two plays in the one play. When IKF uh, went over, and or I'm sorry, Donaldson, I'm totally racking my brain, but I uh, Lemayhu picked the ball at first base for the third out, and yes. Cole went nuts. And you could see yes. the emotion on his face that that mattered a lot. And they're playing Baltimore in July, so I, I mean, I don't think it's a sense of banana. urgency, huh? <laughs> and he housed another banana. Did you see that clip? He was just he was just inhaling a banana to get some potassium in him. It was it was actually pretty freaking hilarious. Every time <laughs> I think of a, a pitcher eating a banana, I think of Andy Pettit. Yeah, yeah, but he took like he ate a banana like one and a half bites. <laughs> yeah, that's how that's how many it takes. You just take it in. It's just fuel. You just need it so that you don't cramp. <laughs> it's like let me eat this fast enough so no one sees me eating it. <laughs> so, I don't want to be caught on camera eating. I don't a want to be caught on camera <laughs> eating eating a phallic fruit. <laughs> Too late, Garrett. Too late. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Judge came, has come out of, the, out of the gates hot in the second half. Um, I, was, I, I noticed his batting average was, was up, up in the, the 290s again. Uh, it had been dipping a little bit. He had a little bit of a slump in the beginning of July, um, but he he has just been on fire. Hot is and an understatement. Hot is not an only, understatement. Not only been hot, but like the sheer distance on the home runs. It's just like when every home run is four hundred and forty feet plus. It's like all right, all right. I see you, Aaron. I see you. 
Dude, the, uh, he you I, I I said this I've said this probably three times this year in different at different times. You just cannot make a mistake to him. If you make a mistake to Aaron Judge at any point in the at bat, it's a home run. Yeah, he's just he's not missing. He doesn't miss right now. And when when that guy is locked in, you know I've talked about the way his stroke is right now, the way that it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. And he's not just hitting those balls to 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 right field like the. He's in his his bat is in the zone for for an extremely long time. But guess what? He's timing these pitches beautifully well too, and he's making a concerted effort to pull the ball too. And he's smoking the ball. I mean, these are barrels that that I don't even know. I, I was listening to Chirinos talk after the game today, and the home run that they uh, that he gave up. I mean, it was it was uh, uh, they hung the shit out of it, and it was supposed to be in the dirt. Chirinos is like, yeah, that was supposed to be in the dirt. <laughs> was not in the dirt. You make any mistake to Aaron Judge anywhere around the plate, and you're in trouble. It's like Garrett. Like, hey, I tried to throw a, a bad changeup to. <laughs> I tried to throw a changeup out of the zone to Devers, and no, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. I don't know that I've ever seen a home run go over those bullpens at Camden Yards like Judge hit. I, I'm not sure. I don't remember if they have or not. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just like that, that. That was. It's a huge home run. Yeah, that was like the first time I'd ever seen it just clear the bullpens entirely. So, obviously. I feel like someone to be unnamed has done that before. Oh. <laughs> GS. What? <laughs> this, this are his initials GS? <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, okay, I hear you. Just, right. why, is there a, why, is, why do you have a soft... Keep going. You're very confusing right now. Um, who are you talking about? Gary Sanchez. Yeah, GS. Gus? Gus. Why are you saying J? Like his name is like his name is Jerry. I feel like what's, you're doing a bit you, right now, but I, you, I, I, you, I'm, quite, I'm not quite picking up on the bit. Anyway. I just don't quite understand the look, I'm teaching a kid how to read who's five years old right now. I understand <laughs> how to pronounce letters. And J is not uh, well, G. Why are why are you teaching him how to read? Bevin's well, I'm the, not. I, when the I say educator. me, it's it's my wife. <laughs> but I'm listening to it. Okay. So I'm learning again too. And what so, you just did was incorrect. We have not recorded since the All-Star game in the Home Run Derby. Well, we've recorded, but we haven't talked about it. Anything you want to talk about from from that? I actually thought the 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 broadcast of the So I was worried, right? Like when when they had um, Manoa mic'd up and he was pitching, and I was like, he was just huffing and puffing because he's a big fatso. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Just like you're micing these pitchers up now. Like this is this is gonna be ugly. But it was actually pretty entertaining listening to them. It's always entertaining when they have mics on anybody. It's so much better. I wish they did this. You want to make a real change? Do that. Make put the. They're never gonna do that in real games. Though. Every game, give it to me. Give it to me. Make the make the regular season. With nine, you know, there's 25 uh, playoff spots. Just mic them up. That'll that'll add some context to what we're doing here. It's really entertaining. So yeah, and they don't want. They're like, I love I love when they're like, here we go, here we go. Uh, Nestor was doing it, uh, and Manoa was doing it too. He's like, here we go. Basically, like, Smoltz, shut the f up in my head. I'm about to pitch. Stop talking. Here we go. And then he and then he goes out and then throws. I I think it's really entertaining because they're having fun with it, and it's like, uh, it's like these guys are out there. You know, just just playing rec ball. It's fun. I loved the Nestor and Trevino mic up. Like that was that was highly entertaining. Obviously, because yeah. we're Yankees fans, but like that that was just fun. That was just fun to listen to those guys. 
It was a lot of fun. Trevino is a character. He's a, he's definitely one of those guys who'll just talk your ear off for a yeah. long time. So, um, no, I I thought it was awesome. I think I think Jose Trevino had a nice little coming out party for himself uh, with a national audience because he he was his his personality was on full display. Yeah, and obviously Stanton wins wins the MVP. He was mic'd up. Judge's mic didn't work. Um, I don't know if if Judge was going to be all, all that interesting. Disrespectful, but. disrespectful equipment setup right there. Someone there was there was someone did that. It was a, a Shohei Atani fan. Somebody did that. So there was also a question. It. So Marley Rivera did an interview with Judge, and she relayed a fan Jacobs question. It said, "Are you telling me that Aaron Judge may not be a Yankee after this year?" And Judge's response was, "Jacob, buddy." We've got a lot of great Yankees on this team. There's a lot of great Yankees that will be here for a long time. Don't be upset. Hopefully, you'll be in a, you'll be a Judge fan for life. What are your thoughts on the on the response from Judge? Terribly loaded question. First of all, let's bring some children from, into this. Well, Marley, Jacob in air quotes. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's that's a, that's how Marley Rivera is going to stand there and ask Aaron Judge the question about his contract. Without Judge just looking, staring daggerous through her because she's hiding behind some fictitious Jacob. Um, no, you know he's 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 answered it pretty, pretty closely each time. I think it's he's been hinting to the fact that that he wants to be here and hopes to be a Yankee for a very long time. That's that's kind of been the the common thread of all of the the, the words that have come out of his mouth about this. So, you know, it's a. Uh, Look, I, I I do believe that he does want to be here. I think that he just wants also the Yankees to pay him to do he that. Wants, he wants the money. <laughs> okay, like and and he of should. Of course want, he does. He should want the money. Yes, so he should. When we did, the, and they have the absolute ability to pay him more than anybody else could if they wanted to. I remember when on opening day when that whole debacle happened, and then you and I talked about how oh we don't want this to be a distraction, right? Like we want this contract to get done. So there's not a bunch of questions asked to judge about his contract. Would you say, uh, you know, a, a little bit more than halfway through the season, there has been more or less of that talk than you expect, expected? I mean, much, much, I, I probably about the same. I didn't really think there was going to be, I don't, I didn't think the, the New York media would look, the New York media has got to talk to him on a daily, you know, these guys on a daily basis. They're not going to, they're not going to just you know, beat a dead horse. They understand what the deal is too. They have to build relationships and keep relationships in the clubhouse. It's, it's more when he's on the road and that, I just don't think it matters that much. And we probably don't even hear those as, as, um, as often. You as get it at the all-star game because that's the national spotlight, yeah, right? Like you right, have to exactly. get it at the all-star it's a, game. It's a, it's a national story because they're talking about it. Whenever anybody's talking about Aaron judge for, uh, around the all-star game, because it's a national audience, they're going to bring up the contract, especially well, with, anytime, the whole Soto, with the whole Soto news too. Anytime you get a national media talking about Judge, the contract is the story. It's not what he did against Baltimore, or it's not what the Yankees are doing. It's it's, it's in it's, tandem. It's it's the whole you bet on yourself piece. That's what the story is. He's like it's the it's the contract, but they always bring up the so you bet on yourself. Looks like it's working out. So they're 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 layering it. They're adding in the the season. So you know giving giving him his due for what he's doing on the field, and then mentioning the contract pretty much in the same breath. Do you think if the team wasn't having such a great year that maybe this would be a little bit more of a conversation? Yeah, especially if Judge wasn't having a good year. 
I think if Judge wasn't, I think that's the biggest trigger for him. If Judge was not having the year he's having, if he was having a, let's say he, I'm not going to say anything bad, actually. If he wasn't having the same year, then, then, then it would be different. It would absolutely be different. But that's the point. Like he's not. <laughs> so, so it's nobody's okay. What are you going to say? I did the right thing. Clearly, obviously right now it's like, there's <laughs> nothing to say. say Nobody can. Say, he's going to wait till after the season though, right? Like, yeah, like, like have you, you been watching me yet. play baseball? Have you been watching me play baseball? I'm pretty good. Actually, best player on the planet. So that's true. You know, there's nothing yeah. to say to him at this point. Nobody can say shit. I would say there's actually been less questions, fewer questions about the contract than I anticipated. And maybe they'll pick up towards the end of the season. Uh, certainly, in, whenever they get bounced in the playoffs or if they win, like as soon as the season is over, right? Like that's the question you asked to judge. Well, as soon as the season's over, but everybody knows what the answer is going to be already. So why, why are you going to make that one of your questions? You're just going to, you're just going to not get the same respect you got that during that time if, if you ask that you, you know the answer don't ask the question and, and i think that's what a lot of them are doing they, they I care think, about their jobs and they're being professional because it's it's not it's not a storyline right now it's just not i think what's rubbing some yankees fans the wrong way with judge's answers is he keeps alluding to free agency as if he wants to get to free agency he does want to get a free agency that's why he said no to the contract I know, but I think that's what's rubbing. No, I know that, but I think that's what's rubbing Yankees fans the wrong way because Yankees fans want you to just. Oh, I'm not even thinking about free. I, I just want the Yankees to offer me a contract. I just want to get my contract. I mean, I get Yankees it, but I, but I also I don't see I don't really see the uproar. Uh, I think a lot of people understand. Most people that I've seen, I, the the on by side. far the biggest take is the uh, is that is that he. Now that you see what he's doing, he clearly did the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and obviously. especially when you see what Soto turned down, like of course, you you go and you see what, you what's this. up. It's a business, man. If if uh, Cashman could have a do over, would he go back and offer a different contract? Knowing what yeah, he knows I now? think he would. I think he would. I think if they much, had a do over. How much bigger? I think that they would go to the ten years that, that I think ten. he wants. I think I think he wants ten. Uh, whether he's going to get 10 or not, they could probably get it done with a, a higher AAV, but they just need to give him what he wants. He clearly asked for something. They should have just given him what he wants. Yeah, so if Cashman could do it all over again and they went back, and pers- first of all, it's not totally Cashman's call on this one, right? Like this is an ownership call on, on the amount of money that's coming out. So yeah, I think that they would be stupid to say that they wouldn't want to do it over again and just like go the distance with uh, with whatever it was. Because they're going to have to do it anyway. Field of Dreams reference right there? Yeah, maybe, you know. (laughs) It is a baseball podcast after all. All right, let's preview the Yankees-Mets series. And we're going to do it using WinBet, which is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. They bring the excitement of the win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a special offer. Bet $50 and win 200 using code XBLUEWIRE. Yankees Mets, baby. The, I don't know the last time the two teams that were this good playing this late in the season. Yeah, no, this is going to be fun. It's going to it's going to be I mean that place is going to be rocking. There's no doubt. They they're, they're going to the Yankee, I mean Mets fans loathe the Yankees. <laughs> they, 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 they absolutely loathe them, especially when they're good because they, they hate being 
the second fiddle when they are a very good team themselves. So um, there's a lot of hatred there uh, in the fan base, I think, and really from one side, to be honest. I don't think it's actually the other way. I don't think very many Yankees fans hate Mets fans as much as the other way around. Um, but that's what happens. Definitely you know, not. When there's, <laughs> Definitely when there's, not. Yeah, it's like non-threatening. It, it, it's similar. It's it's similar to. It's not similar. Never mind. I was going to say that it's similar to the when Yankees and the Red Sox went before the Red Sox. No, won, I hated. Not, I not hated in the Red Sox. I hated them yeah. every every second of them. Yeah. yeah, and they hated us. Yeah, and so they loathed I, us. I'm going to the Tuesday game. Uh, yeah, obviously it's at City Field. I'm really pumped actually to be the fact that it's at City Field. Like obviously I love to go to the one at Yankee Stadium, but the fact that it's on the road for the Yankees, I'm actually kind of have a little bit extra juice for it. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun game. Have um, you been uh, to City Field? I have. Not recently, but I don't know, a couple years after it opened, I think. How long's it how long has City Field been open now? Same amount of time as Yankee Stadium. They both oh, really? opened in 2009. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I went to um, a I think Yankees... I went in like 2015, probably. Yeah, I think I went in 2014 or I want to say 14 or 15. I went to a Yankees Mets game at uh, at City Field in yeah, it must have been 2015. Um, and I liked it. Obviously, it was it, it's a beautiful stadium. Um, so I'm super excited. And the pitching matchups are Jordan Montgomery versus Taiwan Walker, and then Wednesday, slotted to be Domingo Herman. We'll see what happens there. We should probably touch on Herman against Max Scherzer. And Scherzer, since returning from injury, has been his usual freaking dominant self. Um, so I don't know if we're gonna be betting on on the Wednesday matchup. I guess you'd go with Monty versus Taiwan Walker if you're gonna going to be making some bets. But what did you think of Herman uh, quickly in that Houston start, first first start of the season? Well, hold on. Let's talk about that real quick. Monty's the one that's, to me, uh, you know, the guy that's that has the ability to take another leap into, um, you know, being a very trusted guy. He's been very good. So I expect that game, uh, if I'm betting on those games, certainly betting on Monty against yeah. Taiwan freaking Walker. But, um, but yeah. Herman, uh, look, I think her, I'm certainly reserving judgment until I see Herman a couple times because I think that they're going to need him in the uh, I, you know depending on how Severino is is uh, eventually come along. Uh, Logan put in the notes that he hasn't he hasn't thrown yet, so you know it's going to be a minute. It's going to be you know we're looking at probably September before we see him. Right at this point, we're we're approaching the end of. Uh, it, it depends when he starts throwing because you need a couple of rehab assignments and then and then uh, you know you know they're going to go slow with him. Um, uh, at this point, so I, I have a feeling September is the guy's the the time frame. So Herman's going to be going to be needed, but I'm reserving judgment. I'm not going to base it off of one, you know, weird doubleheader in Houston right after the All Star game. Why not give Clark Schmidt the the chance? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not I'm not even necessarily saying. I think this eventually he's going to. To be honest, I think he's got to be stretched out a little bit more. He's not fully stretched no, out. Been, I mean, he's getting stretched out in in. He's been. He's he just been threw stretched three out. innings today. Was three, it three innings. innings. I know. So like the the pitching does not line up, right? Like so he just pitched today. Obviously, he can't pitch against the Mets. It's Domingo Herman's turn to pitch. But I would. Uh, I, I know what Domingo Herman is probably going to be. I would like at this point to give the ch- that ch- opportunity to be a starter in this rotation to Clark Schmidt. I think that, yeah, depending on what's going to happen here at the deadline, that that, that you're going to see that. I do. I think you're going to see that. I, you know, 
There, it could be something about him managing his innings too, and then you know they'll they'll fully stretch him out a little bit later and and see what they got. But they do have to time that, I think, relatively well to to get him you know to be a, a contributor down the stretch because they're they're not going to allow him just to go. Not Clark Schmidt. I think that they have they see him in, in the future rotation, so they're they're going to make sure they're careful with him. Did and you? When agree? I say careful, I mean they're they're looking at his pitches, the amount of the amount of pitches or amount of innings that he's throwing this year. I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but did you agree? I meant to ask you this. Did you agree with the quick hook on Tyone? Yeah, he didn't have it, man. Yeah, I was fine with that. Yeah. I really was. He, he did not, he did not look good. He did not look, uh, he, he, again, location is a problem for him. I know he pitched well the timeout before the all-star break, but he, he has not earned the right to battle through that start right now. No, I and agree. That, I, I think, think there are, you're right. That, and that's a, that that's something that that definitely needs to be um, ID'd because the uh, when in June May June when these guys were were going deeper we had talked about hey they're actually letting them go because they they did earn it oh yeah I mean and and years past they had earned I, they didn't even get the opportunity to earn it and that was what was frustrating this year they did they got the opportunity but yes when when you have a when you're giving up home runs like uh, Jameson Tyone does as well and and, and he doesn't have uh, the command uh, on a, on a given day, you you could easily get yourself in a, in a much bigger hole uh, by not pulling him. Uh, you know when the bats are, are are attacking him as they were. So I, I have but, no problem with that with the hook. That he, but to be pulled the day after you just played a doubleheader really shows that your manager thinks you have not earned that to to battle through that start. Because yeah. usually managers will be a little bit more tolerant on that because you just have to be, right? Like you need length out of your starting pitching because you just played a doubleheader. But Boone came out of there real quick. He's like, I'm not dealing with this shit. Yeah, and, and that's fine. the right call. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, well, it's going to be a fun fun uh, couple games. I wish it was more than a two-game series against the Mets. I know they're doing that that home-and-home home sort of split-up thing. Um, again, scheduling. I feel, like, I feel like we've just been complaining about the schedule. Any, anything else you want to touch on, Scott? Yeah, Logan uh, just put something in the notes to touch on some of these uh, free agent guys. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of reports, not just from John Heyman, but from from other people uh, about Benintendi and and that the Yankees are are definitely um, in talks and 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 seemingly aggressive. We're going to be aggressive to go after him. So I do love that. I dude, I I don't know how much longer I can see Joey Gallo on. Oh, on even my though television. he had that big home run, <laughs> he had a no. big home run this weekend. You know what sucks too. Is that like the the ball that he hit to the fence today? I mean, that was that was it. It had to go out, you know. <laughs> now we're going to go another three weeks until he hits a ball that far. Also, I wanted to mention this about Joey Gallo. So the play today when Glaber shifted into the outfield, yes, and and he goes back to the warning track and can't make sort of the running over the shoulder catch. And Gallo is kind of like playing tentatively out there. I understand to a degree. It's like, oh, this is a this is a second baseman out here in left center field. Such a but weird dude, defensive alignment, anyway. S- scream long in advance. I'm taking this ball. I'm ta- like like don't even let Glaber track that down. Gallo sprint over there and catch the freaking ball. You're the supposedly Gold Glove outfielder. Yes, for sure. But I also I'm gonna I'm not gonna kill him on it because Glaber's so out of position that. You don't know what was, you know, he he he's he's going instinctually and he's back there and he's just they're all the wrong instincts. I just I I hate putting a guy like that in a position uh that that he has to They go did it back again later in the game. Awkward. They did it's it again. So it's very 
yeah, I don't, I don't like it. And, you know, maybe this is it because next year when they, when they, uh, when they ban the shift, if they end up doing it, we won't see that nonsense. And that's ban the shift, and Joey Gallo's totally going to win a batting title. Not on this team. <laughs> Not on this team. Not on <laughs> this team. No, I don't even want him the opportunity. No, if if, I, if you could tell me, no, I, I just don't want to see it. I just, I don't want to see it. <laughs> you want you want MLB to ban the shift. Except when Joey Gallo is batting, he you can still shift against only Joey Gallo. That's that's there's just certain people that I'm over and I'm done like wearing wearing the Yankee uniform and he's definitely one of them. I'm I'm over it. Mm, It, This was cool. It wasn't. It wasn't cool. Get him off the team, please. Give me and give me. I I really could care less. Give me Miguel Andujar every single day, every single day, and I. It's it's flat out disrespectful to him right now that he is not playing in place of Joey Gallo. Honestly, it's disrespectful. He's not he's not even a bad outfielder. I mean, yes, Carpenter should be playing there every day too, or damn close to it, because he actually played pretty decent in the outfield as well. But um, no, if Stanton's getting the day, like yeah, he's for, exhausted. That was the report on on Stanton, just exhausted. Okay, well. That's fine. Keep, <laughs> I guess, need, I guess you know why he didn't have a pod to fly out to Los Angeles for the All Star game. Well, at least they got him a uh, uh, a charter, you know, with the whole Soto thing. I mean that that is a crazy story. Hearing that about Soto not getting the um, the Nationals not chartering him a plane to go out to the All Star game, and he had to fly commercial to get there at one thirty. I mean, it sounds like such for such a such a uh, first world problem right there, like well beyond that rich guy problem. But it's it's so petty. Also, it's very petty. I mean, you turn down a half a billion dollars, you could go get on a Delta flight. Get your buddy. own damn. Get your own damn flight. <laughs> you uh, you got to go through TSA just like everybody else. You know, uh, someone did get inducted into the Hall of Fame today. Yeah, I tried to ignore it. <laughs> I didn't like. There was a bunch of video clips going around. I haven't seen I anything did, about I did it. Not I've watch clearly, one second. I don't. I've either blocked or don't follow any of that. Anything remotely talking about the Boston Red Sox on. Um, on Twitter, so I don't see any of that. And then just, I haven't really seen many people talk about it. So that, it happened, right? Mm-hmm. He's there now? Mm-hmm. The the lake looked beautiful. It's a beautiful uh, lake. It looks like a Caribbean blue, uh, <laughs> blue water. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful setting. We're on to lake talk. I think that's cue to wrap this thing up. Again, we did four episodes last week. All-Star break was not an all-star break for us. So go back and listen to those episodes if if you have not already done so. We recapped the Jeter documentary, those first two episodes on Friday, and we're going to be doing that every Friday-ish going forward for the rest of the documentary. I'm actually really looking forward to the next episode. I'm I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh damn, I could I could go for for another episode right about now. Yeah, they're good. They're inspirational. I'm getting I'm getting parental lessons from uh from from the Jeter family. I love it. She's being a militaristic father. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, I also was thinking about the Tiger Woods dad thing, and I would, that's why I made Kemp go back outside, take 15 more swings. I didn't like the way that those looked. Get back out there. All right, that'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back at you in a couple days. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.